Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth. For the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, we go back on to the 2024 recruiting trail as we get prepared for one of the biggest stretches of recruitments that we've seen really uh, in, in some time for Tar Heel football, I got to be honest, I don't really remember another time where we've had this many consecutive commitments in a row um, from guys that are considering Carolina. So we're going to walk you through all that five commitments in five days starting on Friday. So it's going to be absolutely insane. We're going to have you covered on the website but also we'll give you a little preview here as well. Tell you the guys that we feel most confident about heading in uh, to their commitments and the guys that we think, Hey, you know, Carolina, they host them for an official visit, but they probably won't end up being the selection. So we'll walk you through all that here coming up on this edition of the podcast, but we do have to tell you about a commitment that happened today on the day of recording uh, it is one of t- one of Carolina's defensive line targets uh, that is off the board. And unfortunately, even though Carolina looked like they were going to be the team that was going to land him, uh, they are not in the end uh, the, the destination for him. So we're going to talk about that. What does that mean? What does that mean along the defensive front? Um, but uh, as we uh, have to do whenever we have a recruiting edition of the podcast, we have to welcome Zach Hubbard into this edition of the podcast. Uh, Zach, how's it going, man? Uh, getting to that crazy time of year where we're going to see a lot of commitments happen really, really quick. And uh, I, again, I, I haven't seen anything like this 
from our time covering Tar Heel football recruiting. But I guess this is just the new age that we're in uh, with, you know, NIL and everything like that. Guys, guys want to get this stuff done quickly. Know that they've got a spot on a roster, especially with a class like Carolina's that's already got 23 players committed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've mentioned it several times. Uh, Mac Brown and this staff, they're not going to hesitate if they have guys that they want and it's like you mentioned whether it be uh changes in the recruiting calendar with guys being able to take a visit official visits excuse me earlier and earlier especially in the spring and summer we now see more and more reclassifications obviously nil is a factor the transfer portal uh is less of a factor in overall you know initial recruitments but it's still there as we know more and more guys want to get this done well in advance so they can have their senior season and they don't have to worry about it. They can just be a high schooler, be a football player for their high school team and don't have to be, you know, a recruit for a minute. And maybe they go a few times to the school they're committed to in the fall, maybe to help with some peer recruiting on, on the last few guys or just to en enjoy a visit. But, you know, for the most part, it seems like this is what's working best for, you know, the majority of prospects moving forward so you know it we're here in july and it almost feels like we're in the home stretch like you mentioned already 23 guys committed uh that's the most that i've ever seen this far out of a recruiting cycle at, at this point in the year and you know there's going to be a few more guys here over the next few days and weeks so you know it, it really feels very realistic at this point that north carolina could be essentially done with a 2024 class before the 2023 actual football season even kicks off. Yeah, and they're not the only ones. There's plenty of other schools, including some of the big-time schools. I mean, Georgia, 26 commits already in their class. So it's not like Carolina is really going out of their way and doing something different. Um, it's just, you know, Carolina's aggressive. They're going after the guys that they want. And, you know, again, it's, it's not always the guys that – the fan base seems to be the most thrilled about by looking at their rankings and everything like that. Um, and one of those guys that Carolina was identifying, and this is, this is one that it felt like Carolina wanted. This is one where Carolina feels like they just got beat out. Um, was the guy that committed today, Justin Terrell, the three-star defensive lineman from Rome high school in Rome, Georgia. Now this was a guy that we talked about, you know, a little while back. He was kind of a little off the radar and it makes a little bit of sense at for a time early, you know, in this off season, he was committed to Wake Forest. There was about a two month stretch where he was committed to the Demon Deacons. He decommits back in April uh, and then Carolina eventually gets into the thick of things uh, for him uh, during that time period. They turned up the heat a little bit on him. He was kind of just that guy that was kind of sitting in the background uh, while Carolina had other targets along the defensive front. Many may remember, you know, a, a guy, excuse me, like Hank Weber, um, who Carolina was after, and, and they had been on for a while. Of course, Carolina was still pushing for, you know, a guy like Amaris Williams at the time, an in-state prospect uh, from Clinton High School that uh, just ultimately – it didn't work out with. And then even DeAndre Cook was a guy that for a while it looked like Carolina uh held in, you know, higher regard than Justin Terrell. But 
finally, towards the end, you started to see Carolina turn the heat up on him just a little bit. And he ends up taking an official visit to Chapel Hill the second to last weekend of the month. Uh, and then the last weekend, he takes an official visit to NC State. Now, the thing was, even after he took the official visit to NC State, a lot of the buzz still had Carolina as the team that looked like they were ultimately going to land him. Well, here in the last week or so, things have started to turn. Now, you could see that things were sort of trending in the direction of it maybe being a little bit more of a competition than we thought at a time. Um, but I don't know if anybody really thought that he was going to go to NC State with some of the things that we had seen, um, especially some of the interactions on social media. Um, but really, it, it was the last few days, and I believe Don Callahan of Inside Carolina was the one, the first one to say it. Um, somebody you know, told me about this sort of behind the scenes that um, he was saying on one of the message boards that on Monday, this wasn't happening. So for Carol, from Carolina's perspective, I mean, yeah, this, this one hurts because they wanted to add another guy. I think, you know, you look at Peter Pasansky, a guy that's 265 pounds, um, probably, you know, the future of maybe that power end spot. Um, I don't really, you know, he played a lot inside um, at the high school level. So we'll have to see ultimately where he ends up. Um, Terrell was a guy that was a little bit bigger. So I think Carolina was maybe looking at him as a guy that could play that defense, that, that more of that nose tackle position, honestly, either one of the defensive tackle positions moving forward. Um, and it doesn't seem like they really are going to be able to find that guy, even if they were to go after Marcus Downs. Now, Marcus Downs is a guy that's 6'5", 260, so a much different build than a 6'2", 280 guy. Um, but this is just one, Zach, that it feels like Carolina's staff, they, they pushed for this one. They felt like they were in good position, but uh, as hard as it is, you have to tick, tip your cap to NC State and, and their staff for just finding a way to get this done. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, I mean, really, after that official visit the third week in June, Carolina felt really good here, and they felt like they had this one basically wrapped up. But obviously, they were not the last visit. Uh, NC State, I believe, got them on campus the weekend after that last weekend in June. And, you know, whatever they did, they got the momentum that eventually led to his commitment. And like you said, you have to tip the cap to them for you know, recruiting him and winning that recruitment. Obviously, they've had, you know, in recent years, some some good defensive linemen. So it's not, you know, a shock by any means that he may choose NC State. But it's it, it was a little bit surprising given, you know, what this recruitment had been for so long. Like you mentioned, you know, this is really the guy that they were looking at from a interior defensive line perspective. I mean, and they've got two more edge rusher types in Curtis Simpson and Daniel Anderson. Uh, Peter Pazansky is there, but, you know, is he ultimately an interior interior guy? I mean, maybe if, uh, you know, a three tech in the defense uh, as it currently stands, but unlikely to, you know, have the versatility to be a true defensive tackle. And I, you know, I don't even know how much they, you know, want to use them as a three technique. And they're going to need to have 
multiple defensive tackles ready uh, if they're playing a 3-4 defense, uh, as they should continue to do, or, or what we would expect them to t- continue to do, rather, uh, under Gene Chizik. So, you know, this is a position that uh, it has depth on the team currently, at least for right now. Now that depth is consistently getting older. So, you know, this may be a position could be this fall. It could be next fall that they, you know, have some youth at that they're going to be able to sell on the recruiting trail, but it might also be a position where, you know, they've got to look either this off season, this next off season, that being, or the season after that for, you know, transfer portal help either to build depth or to try to find, a guy to man the middle for you. So I, I, I would say it is a disappointment that Carolina didn't win this recruitment, not only because of him as a player, but because of the importance of this position. They sort of put all their eggs into one basket there. Uh, but I do think it is something that is overcomable. It's just going to be imperative to add one or two of those big bodies in the 2025 cycle now. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is, you know, they've got, other bigger targets, as you mentioned, in the 2025 cycle, one that stands out, I think, to a lot of people, um, you know, in, in the 2025 class is, you know, another big guy out of, uh, you know, Grimsley High School that Carolina uh, has has been in on since the beginning. Um, and I think that's, you know, that could be playing in here. Bryce Davis, you know, could be one of those guys, although he is 6'3", 245. So maybe, you know, they look at him more as an edge rusher. I know Isaiah Campbell, that's another big name. Uh, he actually just put Carolina inside of his top schools list uh, that he released here recently. So that could be another one. That could be another guy that they're looking at and saying, hey, that could be the future, especially, you know, a guy like Campbell. I mean, he's a four-star but he's a pretty high-end four-star, a guy that's more than likely, um, you know, going to end up a top 100 player if, if things stay the course that they're going on right now. And um, that would fit into the mold of the type of guys that Carolina has been bringing in and kind of playing immediately. Um, you know, now Travis Shaw, five-star, a little bit different, but even, you know, it, to a certain extent, what we saw with Des Evans, he finished up as a high-end four-star. That could be what we're looking at for a guy like Campbell as well. So that might be what Carolina is thinking here. Um, ultimately, I mean, to me, like, yeah, if you're just looking off of talent, I don't think this is a huge disappointment. I think more of where you're concerned is depth-wise where is Carolina at on the interior of their defensive line? Because as you, as you mentioned, you know, these, this group can get old pretty quick, especially with some of the guys that are already going to play a significant role there this year. So for Carolina, that's an area you've got to keep building up the depth at. You've got to be able to be, to rotate guys there. Um, especially since, you know, we haven't really seen anybody step up and be tremendous there. There haven't been guys that uh, have taken over games from those positions. Um, we've, we've been saying, hey, look, we, we've got to find those guys moving forward. That's why we want to see so much rotation. You want to keep guys fresh, too. But part of it is that you just have not been able to find that right combination of guys up there. So I think that's now, it's going to be important for Carolina to keep that depth there. So, yeah, 25 is going to be extremely important for them. How they, you know, how they 
execute in the transfer portal there if they need other guys is going to be important as well. Um, but the other thing that you can't do is, you know, completely rule out that Carolina doesn't find somebody there in this class moving forward. That's probably the one position now that Carolina did not land Terrell, where if you're going to see Carolina add somebody in season, uh, maybe even after the season, if you're going to see him, I mean, maybe possibly even add him uh, after the early signing period, that would be the one spot you probably keep an eye on moving forward. Because as I mentioned earlier, uh, Carolina, when, when it comes to uh, Marcus Downs, you know, look, they had him on campus. He took an official visit in the first week of June, but it seems like he is off the table. Um, one of the guys that I uh, that that I talked to a lot about recruiting, um, who, who's a guy that's pretty pretty locked in, um, big time fan as well. Uh, he said that he spoke to Dina King of Tor Hill Illustrated this past week, um, and she was talking to him about how the team is no longer recruiting Marcus Downs. Um, now the thing is, is that this isn't entirely shocking because Marcus Downs. The only official visit that he took was to Chapel Hill, and that was it. So a lot of other teams have stopped recruiting him, and that's something that's been very notable. Um, I noticed that as well, and I also thought it was very weird that um, you know, we haven't really seen him posting a lot on social media. Um, so I don't know if this is a case of people have reviewed his film. I don't know if there is something else that's going on. But it seems like Carolina is really not recruiting him anymore. So what this means, Zach, is that Carolina is pretty much done on the defensive front for now. They're, they're going to have to wait and use one of these other options. And, you know, that's that that hurts because I have one time, Zach, this, this was a guy, Marcus Downs. You know, we talked about him coming into the month of June that we felt, hey, Carolina had a pretty good shot at, and you know he, he probably would have been a pretty solid addition, but clearly something has changed in this recruitment. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's it's generally you know it, it's something that's not something that you'd like to you know speculate about in detail, especially mm -hmm. when it's one where you're just dropping that recruitment uh, because it's generally not something that there there well. I would say there's a reason that it is not discussed publicly is what I would imagine. I don't know if it's something off the field. I don't know if it's grades. I don't know, you know, that that's generally what it is. So that would, that would be, that would, what would make sense. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it severely limits the options that they're going to have moving forward. They, they are, as you said, basically done with defensive line recruiting. They're going to have to try to see if there's a guy that you know that blossoms in his senior year or you know has a change of heart wants to visit what have you or look in the portal one of those options so you know it, it is going to be at least a minor concern uh especially with the age of the position now it is deep like i said but you know they they have to be sort of forward looking as it relates to the position and, and try to continue to fill that spot with new bodies all the time uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be a concern. It's not the biggest concern, but it, it's definitely something to keep, you know, in the back of your mind moving forward. Well, now let's turn our attention to what is ahead for Carolina. And as I mentioned, 
it is an unprecedented run that Carolina is going to be going through here over the next five days. Carolina's got uh, commitments coming up from a couple of cornerback targets. And then after that, you really get into three guys that are very, very important for the direction of this Carolina class. It feels like them. And then the one that you're going to get later in the month from Alex Taylor are really going to determine what this class ultimately looks like. Those are, those are the guys that are, are going to pretty much round out what the Tar Heels do. And so we'll, we'll start with the two guys that are going to commit Friday and then Saturday. It'll start with uh, Teddy Foster, who is a uh, three-star cornerback out of uh, the state of Florida. Um, Carolina, you know, this was one that really, I think, you you talk about a guy that just completely flew under the radar. There's a couple of them. Jalen Thompson was like that as well. Another guy, I don't know what it is with these guys from the state of Florida, but there's guys that Carolina is just recruiting behind the scenes that you don't really see. And all of a sudden they kind of creep up on you. Most people probably didn't even realize. I got to admit, when I wrote the preview of the weekend, of the second weekend of the month of June, I didn't even know this guy was going to be on campus. Um, so when I saw his name initially pop up afterwards, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but he, he's, you know, a guy, I, I went and watched his film, um, very intriguing prospect and a guy that I really wonder if Carolina had gotten in a little bit earlier, had been more aggressive, if that was a name we heard about a little bit more, could they have been able to land his commitment? Um, you know, the, the, the thing is about this one, and I guess we'll put Cameron Courtney in here as well. And Courtney visited that third weekend of the year. Um, I, I or, uh, or excuse me, of the year, third weekend of the month. And I kind of told you when he visited as well. Um, he, he was a guy that I just really, really did not think Carolina was going to take at the time. Um, he came in, visited told Don Callahan afterwards, Carolina was number one. That wasn't that shocking. I've, I felt like that was the case going into his visit. Um, but it feels like, you know, Carolina kind of told him, look, if we land a guy like Zion Ferguson, who at the time they did not have, uh, your spot is, is probably gone. And I feel like that's probably what ended up happening there. I don't see Carolina taking uh, his commitment, which with Courtney, if they don't take his commitment, that means that Carolina, unless they find somebody else later on in the class, they are going to take one commitment from the state of Virginia, which is stunning considering how many they had taken in the prior, in the prior classes with the help, of course, of a guy like Dre Bly. Teddy Foster, though, you know, he he's a guy that I, I, I think Carolina probably would make room for in this class. But I don't think it's going to work out in their favor. Carolina hosted them. The fact that they're in the top three is great. First of all, it's one of just two schools that he officially visited. He did not officially visit Miami, who is his third school that's in his top three. Um, but you're not ultimately Carolina's not going to beat out Florida for his commitment. Florida, of course, hosted him later on in the month. Um, they really got you know the last word in there, and it felt like that was probably where he was heading for the majority of the time. So, Zach, I think we can agree both of those guys probably off the table. And I got to be honest, 
you know, when we talk about guys like Jalen Thompson, um, who, who I really think, you know, we talked about it the last time we were on here. I think he could play corner at the, at, at the college level, just from watching his senior film. I really do believe that he's a guy uh, that has the ability to play that quarterback spot. And then, you know, you also talk about, um, you know, the, the commitment of Zion Ferguson. You've got Jaden Patterson, who could potentially be the guy uh, that plays in the slot for you. I think they have a few different options there at the cornerback spot um, that probably means Carolina is done at corner and, and they, they should feel pretty confident still about where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've taken a, a six guys. Uh, at the defensive back spot. So, I mean, that's a lot as is. Obviously, at defensive back, you're going to take high numbers most years uh, simply because you're playing five to even six guys on nearly 80% of your defensive snaps. I mean, nickel coverage is, is basically base coverage now as far as defenses are concerned, but still six and potentially you know, seven, if they get Malcolm Ziegler, that's a lot of guys. And like you mentioned, it's a lot of guys that look pretty versatile and can fit a number of spots. So, you know, Teddy Foster, Florida got in there, and that looks to be, um, you know, one that they're going to win. Cameron Courtney, that, that feels like one where they have that as an option, but they, you know, have sort of the numbers that they have. So I, I think they're perfectly good at defensive back. I think that they would be perfectly good if they were done as of today, even though I don't think that they are. And like you mentioned, I think that they've got a ton of options that they can sort of mix and match and figure out the best combination to get the right guys on the field at the right positions, but then be rotational, which helps if there's injuries, which helps just to have, you know, diversity of skill set. I, I think that they have a really good problem in this defensive back room uh, here in the 2024 class. Well, that's the thing. I mean, again, the versatility is tremendous. Um, you know, Thompson, I, I think, um, you know, we didn't, I, I didn't really talk about him that much. We actually recorded before he committed uh, last week, but, you know, just with him, I, I thought, you know, just watching him, he's a guy that sort of played multiple positions. He played a lot of safety in his sophomore year, but he spent last year pretty much as a full-time corner on the outside. Um, and I thought that was where he was best. I thought he, you know, he, he's a guy that can mix up the coverages. I thought he did a great job playing the football. That's what Carolina is looking at for in their corners and he's got the length that's the one thing you know when you look at Teddy Foster and you say well why would Carolina want to take him in this class he's a guy that has that size that Carolina is looking for at 6'2 170 so that would have been the reason that you would think maybe Carolina uh, looks at him and 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 sees him as an option but I think with Thompson six foot 170 I think he probably fits that as well. And the other thing with Patterson is Patterson can play on the outside as well. We saw some of that uh, this past year um, with him. You know, again, he was in that Mill Creek defensive backfield. So you're talking about Caleb Downs. You're talking about Trajan Greco, who, who Carolina was recruiting in this class, and then Jaden Patterson. So he was a guy that they moved him around all over the place to try to get him on the field as much as they possibly could. And I really think, you know, they'll be able to 
find what they need at the cornerback spot between those two guys. And the reason why I, I find it hard to believe both of those guys, Patterson and Thompson, will stay at safety is because, Zach, there is a guy that is going to commit on the 17th. We'll skip over real quick the commitment on the 16th, but trust me, we will get back to that. And we'll go to the one on the 17th, and that is safety Malcolm Ziegler. One o'clock commitment on that date. Um, and, and, Zach, here on the night of recording earlier today, we had a huge development in that recruitment and a very positive one for Carolina. They did uh, land a prediction from one of the major recruiting websites to land his commitment. And this is huge for Carolina because we said it. I, I said, you know, when we were talking about it before the month began, that I thought it was absolutely crucial that Carolina landed this commitment. First of all, even to this point, they're starting to generate a little bit more success in state. They have still not landed a single guy inside of the top 15 amongst in-state recruits, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. So there, there is still you know, work that has to be done in their own state. And getting a guy like Ziggler is huge there. The other thing is, is that you look at all these other guys that we've talked about, Zach, Thompson, um, you know, Jaden Patterson. I think Jaden Patterson's probably the one guy that you can look at um, that would fill the role as a free safety. Because we, we've talked about Tyshawn White. Tyshawn White's a guy, he plays in the box. He has some coverage ability. If you go back to his sophomore tape and watch, it's there. But it is nowhere near what, what, what Carolina is going to need at the free safety position. I feel like that's what Malcolm Ziegler brings to the table. And so, Zach, for them to get a, a, a crystal ball prediction from 24-7 sports, I think that is absolutely massive in a, in a recruitment that it feels like they have to have in this class. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for multiple reasons, we've we've sort of, you know, hit this nail on the head multiple times, but it, it's been a rough go, to say the least, of recruiting in state, not only for North Carolina, but for other power five schools within the state. So, you know, they've really been looking to try to see where they fit in terms of getting that homegrown talent, not only because it is from the state of North Carolina, but just to get that talent defensive back. I mean, we've seen some, some guys here and there, you know, as higher rated guys in the defensive backfield, but you know, it's been sort of hit or miss, but you have to keep on trying uh, to try to, you know, monopolize on that and, and utilize that to the best of your ability. And then just to, you know, like you said, to get a guy in the top 15 in your own state. I mean, just looking at the list right now of the top 15 guys as per the, 24 7 composite there's you know maybe one maybe two total two to three uh that are you know likely to to stay in state um maybe four you know if if things go a certain way but you know mm -hmm. it, it 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 you're hard pressed to see a lot of these guys stay in state i mean just looking at the top 10 you've already got seven of those guys committed and they're all leaving the state 
And not only are they leaving the state, but all seven of those guys are going to states that do not border North Carolina. They're not going to schools in Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. They're going other places. They're going out. So uh, to have at least a little bit of that hometown flavor still in this recruiting class, I think that's important, as we've mentioned. And then just to get a guy that can play that free safety spot. I mean, they have a lot of diversity, but it's sort of been in other places. And they, they really would like to have Ziggler as sort of that, you know, bookmark range you back in safety to really just put, uh, you know, the, the finishing touches on this defensive back class. I, I think that they are the likeliest to land his commitment. I, I, I don't think that, you know, it is. I, I think that the other schools are going to continue to try, obviously, South Carolina and Notre Dame still in the mix. South Carolina under Shane Beamer has been doing a very good job, not only of just recruiting overall, but has, you know, made an impression uh, here within the Carolinas. Obviously, they're going to continue to try. Notre Dame, I don't think they're going away, but, you know, this one a few days out seems to be trending towards North Carolina. And I think that's ultimately going to be the selection on uh, the 17th when he makes his decision. Yeah. And, and that would be huge. And then you go uh, to the two receivers that are going to be committing um, here within that weekend uh, or, or early, early next week Uh, that starting on Sunday into early next week. Um, And it starts, you know, Jordan ship, uh, the wide receiver from Providence Day School uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you know, this was one, I, I got to tell you, when when he visited campus, I, I really thought it was along the lines of what we saw from Braylon Staley, who visited um, in that final weekend as well. I really thought, you know, look, this is a guy that's coming on campus. How much of a shot does Carolina really have, though? Because at Providence Day, you've got quarterback Jaden Davis, who's going to Michigan. Uh, wide receiver Channing Goodwin, who's going to Michigan. Makes a lot of sense for him as well because he's a guy that uh, his father went there and played football there. And Jordan Ship, apparently Michigan had a really good visit with him as well. That's what we heard coming in. Um, so it really felt like Carolina was at a disadvantage. But as we've gotten closer and closer to this commitment – it, it feels like Carolina has a legitimate shot here. Now, part of the reason why is that Carolina could be turning up the heat on him because Alex Taylor might be a guy that has told them, look, I, I, I'm probably going to be heading elsewhere. I don't know that for sure. I've you know seen and I've gotten a little bit concerned with some of the rumors that came out. It was probably about a week ago now. I think I talked about it the last time that I was on uh that that we did the podcast here. Uh that there were people that were saying, look, the reason why Braylon Staley, some of the other receiving targets that they had uh over at Clemson uh were being told after that first weekend that they did not have a spot is because they are saving that spot for Alex Taylor. And if that's true, then it's pretty much over. Carolina, before that report came out, a lot of people didn't think Carolina had a chance. Really, that that report that came out from Staley to Phil Kornblut, that pretty much changed his recruitment completely up. 
Um, and a lot of people thought, okay, Carolina, this, this opens the door for the Tar Heels to step through. If that's no longer the case, and they really were holding that spot for him, you do kind of wonder, did Carolina really start to push the envelope here with Jordan Ship and really try to get him to be that other guy in this in this class. Carolina wants to take three receivers in this class. We've heard that for a long time. They've got one guy already committed in Keenan Jackson. It feels like they feel pretty good about Javarius Green. I don't really think we need to talk about that one that much. I mean, Michigan State is the other school there. I know Michigan State beat out Carolina for Anthony Carey. This one feels a little bit different. It feels like Carolina, first of all, they have had the lead in his recruitment for a while now, really since they offered him. Um, and I think, you know, Carolina, if they wanted that commitment, I feel like they would be able to take it. So you're going to have those two guys. But I think I really do wonder, did Carolina do enough when it comes to Jordan Ship? Did they show him that, look, you're our guy here now. Alex Taylor's off the table. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll find out. And I, I think, honestly, that recruit, that, that commitment could tell us a lot. If he commits to Carolina, I think that probably means that Alex Taylor is not coming. Um, but if, you know, he ends up committing to Michigan, don't, I'm not saying that means Alex Taylor's coming by any means, but I think then you sort of wonder, okay, is Alex Taylor a little bit more open? So Zach, it feels like we're going to learn a lot this weekend, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that it, it is very much up in the air right now. I mean, with ship, Specifically, it seems to be very close with North Carolina and Michigan. I, I think a lot of people, you know, that cover Michigan for a while have sort of been of the assumption of, well, you know, these other guys that uh, go to your high school that have committed to Michigan, well, you're just going to follow them. You're just going to go with them to Michigan. And I don't think it's quite that simple for Jordan Ship. I think he's a little bit more open uh, than they were. And I think that this is a legitimate you know, recruitment coming down to the final seconds as it relates to, um, you know, North Carolina and Michigan sort of vying for his commitment before Saturday. I'm not ready to make a prediction on it even. I think it's that close. So I think it can still go either way. Obviously, Michigan still feels pretty good. I think North Carolina feels good as well. So that's going to come down to the final minutes. With Alex Taylor, I really don't know. I mean, we just have his public comments that – you know, that he's not been told that they're full at wide receiver. That may be the case. It, it, if that is the case, I would sort of wonder why he hasn't committed yet, if he's who they're saving the spot for. Good point. Um, and with that as well is, you know, it, it, it was a little bit odd that they would tell Brandon Staley one thing and him another instead of, you know, saying that he's going to be the guy. It, it felt like, you know, we've, talked about how much Alex Taylor wants to go to Clemson it may just be a situation where he's you know hoping against all hope that they change their mind or have some availability we don't really know um and you know I still think that North Carolina is in a good spot as it relates to uh Alex Taylor NC State is in somewhat of a good you know not as good but a good spot as well I think to some degree but we're just not hearing from him we're not getting information you know he's not setting a commitment date thus far, um, you know, anytime soon, it looks like it's probably going to be later this month here on the 29th, but you know, we really don't know. 
and we're not hearing a ton from Clemson or from North Carolina on that regard. So I, I think that they're both going to be ones that are not clear as of yet. Obviously, it is going to clear everything up. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Jordan ship commitment is probably going to tell us a ton, but it might tell us nothing. It might be a situation where, you know, both guys have a spot at the opposing school uh, ship at Michigan and Taylor at Clemson, and they choose those two schools. And that's, yeah. you know, that is what it is. You, you're never going to be happy about that, but you know, it is what it is. Obviously, uh, like you mentioned, a various green committing on the 18th, sort of the, that final trio of three in a row on the 16th, 17th, and 18th. I love Javarius Green. I don't think he's a consolation prize by any means. I'd probably have him as, you know, up there with any of these guys for, for what his skill set is. But, you know, with these two guys that we're talking about here, specifically Ship and Taylor, I, I, I think that they're close. And, you know, they could go a lot of different ways. So it's going to be one that we're going to have to continue to watch, continue to keep our ear to the ground and see, you know, what happens. But it's going to be one for the staff to continue to work at. I I don't think these are done by any means. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be incumbent on the staff, uh, you know, Mac Brown uh, and then wide receiver coach Lonnie Galloway, who's, who's been a mainstay for this Tar Heel program over the fast last few years to, you know, put the final touches on this recruitment and see if, if one or both could be one uh, heading into these decisions. Yeah. Look, he Javarius Green's not a consolation prize by any stretch of the imagination. Really, it's more the reason Carolina wants to bring in three is because you've got a guy in in Keenan Jackson, big wide receiver, big body guy. Um, you know, gonna go up, make the contested catches. That's that's kind of what you're viewing him as. Um, then you got Javarius Green, your slot receiver. Um, he's 5'10, 190, so he fits that mold perfectly. Um, then you know, Carolina, they've they've thrived when they've had those slot receivers. That's when their offenses have been at their best. But then you and what I think they're looking for in ship, possibly in Taylor, is that dynamic outside receiver, the guy that can have that that has the speed that can take the top off the defense, but that can, you know, be you know, technical in some of the routes that he runs. Sort of what we saw, they're looking for guys every year that fit that mold of the next Deami Brown type. Um, and we've heard this year, a guy like Devontae Walker fits that perfectly. Um, he's going to be here for a few years, but Carolina, you're always wanting to find that next guy. So that's what I think Carolina is looking for with that third receiver, whether it's Ship, whether it's Taylor. I think both guys kind of fit that role pr- pretty well. I like both guys. Um, you know, it's honestly hard to separate those two guys. I, I always, you know, like Taylor a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, I do think that there's a, a, a very similar skill set uh, that ship brings to the table. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. The one thing that is worth noting about, uh, about ship and Michigan is Michigan already has three wide receivers committed in the class. Now that's, there's another guy that comes from the state of North Carolina that they have in their class, and he doesn't have a set position. He's listed as an athlete, but 
I, I'm almost certain just from um, doing a little research, clearly you know, he's a guy Carolina did not offer him. So I, I, I'm not nearly as well versed into where exactly he fits and everything like that. But just from, you know, hearing people in the area talk about him, he's, he's probably going to play wide receiver at the next level. Jaden Smith, a guy who's from West Charlotte High School, uh, he's already committed there. You've got another four-star uh, guy in Marion Stewart who's committed there at Chicago. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, you've got his teammate, Shannon Goodwin, who's already committed there. So with all those guys already a part of their class, do they have room for ship? Does ship look at that and say, man, there's already a lot of guys there. Remember that, I mean, Michigan, not the most modern offense that they run. I mean, look, they, they still, you know, they still throw the ball quite a bit, but they are not known for developing receivers at a very high level. They're not bad. They've got some guys that are extremely talented, um, you know, guys that have made it to the NFL level but it's not at the level that Carolina has. So I think Carolina's got a really uh, – they, they've got a good shot here. If, if they really want that commitment, I feel like they've got the opportunity to pull this out. But we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have you covered on the website, heeltoughblog.com. Uh, guys, make sure you head over to the website, check out everything that we've got up there. Uh, as I mentioned, we didn't really dive into it here or on the podcast at all. Uh, that was my bad. For some reason, I completely forgot that we did not talk in depth about his commitment. But go read about Jalen Thompson. He's a guy that I think might surprise a lot of people. Uh, kind of flew under the radar as someone that Carolina, they, they offered him way back early in 2022, um, but he was off the radar uh, for a while. It did not look like Carolina. Um, I thought, you know, coming into the month, I did not think Carolina was going to take his commitment um, at, at one point at the safety position. I thought, you know, look, this is one guy that probably they're looking at and they're going to put on the back burner until they figure out what's happening with Malcolm Ziegler, some of their other targets there. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you watch his film, he's a guy that can play cornerback um, and, and really shocked me. So make sure you guys go read about him, uh, read why he's a guy that Carolina um, really wanted in this in, in this defensive back room because of his versatility uh, and uh, the full breakdown on him. I'll also make sure that you guys are checking out the articles that we have on the website. Talk about, um, you know, we talked earlier about Justin Terrell, him going to NC State. Ultimately, uh, what it means for Carolina, there's an article up there about that where we go a little bit more in depth on why this probably means that Carolina is done along the defensive front. Uh, and then, of course, when it comes to all of these commitments, there are going to be commitment previews for every single one of these guys. Um, now, Teddy Foster, uh, Corey, uh, Cameron Courtney, excuse me, um, those guys, you know, once they commit, I, I don't really think there's going to be, you know, much to explain afterwards. Um, so there won't really be, you know, what where Carolina goes next, because like I said, I think, look, if by some miracle, one of those guys does end up committing to Carolina, they, you know, they would probably take their commitment. Clearly they would if they're committing. Um, but 
you know, outside of that, it's not really shocking. It feels like Carolina's pretty much done there at corner. We told you that um, really a- after they landed the commitment of Zion Ferguson, we said, I don't know if there's anybody else that Carolina is really looking to take at that spot. Uh, but the other guys, we will be reacting after each one of those. Um, so it starts again uh, with, you know, two guys I just talked about, but then the, the real stretch that you got to keep an eye on the 16th on Sunday, that's when Jordan Ship will announce his commitment the 17th uh, at one o'clock for uh, Malcolm Ziegler. And then you've got Javarius Green on the 18th. We'll have you covered with all three of those huge in-state commitments for Carolina uh, over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Also, while you guys are there, check out the coverage that we got on the basketball side of things. Uh, currently, you know, right now, Carolina still, you know, um, it looks like their their roster is pretty much pieced together. Um, and right now, you know, everybody's kind of watching, you know, the Peach Jam. You got some guys that, uh, you know, Carolina is recruiting there. You've also got one of their commits and Drake Powell, who's out there and is playing extremely well. And we're also keeping an eye on the FIBA U-20 tournament where James uh, Okonkwo, who Carolina just recently landed out of the transfer portal from West Virginia, he is playing in that event, and he is uh, lighting it up. Uh, so we, we are keeping an eye on that front as well. Make sure you go back, read the breakdown of Okonkwo and what he brings to Carolina that Josh has up there on the website for you. And, of course, we're still talking about it over there on the Four Corners podcast side of things as well. So make sure you check that out wherever you listen to your podcast, along with this podcast, of course. So that wraps it up for this edition of the show. One of the Zach for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Torrey. want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.